All right, construction champions, it's Ron Nussbaum, your host, and I'm here for another amazing episode with another amazing guest. Today we have Clifton joining us. He is about ready to drop some fire that's going to help you be the champion that you can be every day, just like we talk about on here all the time. Construction champions, are you guys ready to disrupt? Are you ready to go be the leaders and the business owners in the construction industry that you were meant to be? Absolutely, I know you all. Clifton, it is great to have you here today. Ron, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, that introduction, the excitement, the energy uh, I totally align with. And I'm excited to uh, drop some knowledge here today, hopefully that your audience can get some value from and go take some action on and be a champion. I have no doubt that you're going to do that today. But before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've been, what you're doing, what makes you you, and why we're having this conversation today. Absolutely. So born and raised in South Carolina, um, you know, had a, had a pretty uh, simple childhood. I grew up uh, in the farmland area, a little small town, Hartsville, South Carolina. I grew up there with my grandparents and my mom. Uh, my parents divorced when I was uh, very young, uh, but my dad still had a you know a profound impact in my life. He was still very much involved uh, then as a child, and then also to today. Uh, you know, again, normal kind of childhood, except for the fact that I was on you know farm equipment and you know running around in in the backyard hitting. Uh, tape balls with uh, sawed off broomsticks, things like that. Kids don't know what it's like to grow up in the 80s. Uh, but that's kind of what my childhood was. Graduated from high school, uh, attended Clemson University. I meant to ask you this off air. I saw some photos uh, of you with Ohio State. And so um, got some dear friends that went there. But I, I went to Clemson. Uh, but one of the things, Ron, that that is interesting is that growing up an only child, you know, I was seeking acceptance. Like I wanted to kind of be the center of attention because I didn't have any brothers or sisters that, you know, I could, you know, beat up or wrestle with or share ideas with or share my struggles with. And so uh, that led me to some some really poor decisions when I was in college. Uh, I'll, I'll spare the audience the details, but through college and then after graduating, I mean, I was arrested seven times. Uh, from offenses uh, varying from uh, minor in possession to disorderly conduct to aggravated assault and battery to uh, DUI. And so part of that, or the reason why that was happening is because I was always seeking that attention, that acceptance. And so I was always trying to be the life of the party. I, uh, I sold drugs. I abused drugs. I did all of that. And the reason why I talk about that as part of my story is because people look at me now and see the success that I've had, but don't know all of that. They don't know the struggles and the sacrifices and the poor decisions and overcoming obstacles uh, that I've gone through, right? And so, you know, we talked about it off air here about social media being a highlight reel. You know, people will come into my DMs, man, you look like you got it made. I want your life. And I'm thinking, no, man, just go be your best. 
right? Go embrace the opportunities in front of you today. And man, if you had a couple of days, I'd be able to tell you all the the, the shit that I went through uh, to get to where I am today. But, you know, after graduating college, uh, I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia, worked in the IT business, uh, fresh out of college. Uh, I was the 35th employee for a, a company in, in Buckhead, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, that was during the dot bomb, right? So that was in 2000. And so the IT sector blows up. I found myself unemployed and I went back to what I knew best. And I was selling drugs, right? And, and then being the life of the party again. You would have thought that after seven arrests, that I would have learned not to make those decisions. However, I continued to do that. Fast forward a few years, I, I finally landed back on my feet. I worked in the valet parking industry, had an opportunity to go up to D.C., took that opportunity and, and ran some accounts in, in sort of the mid-Atlantic area there in the parking world. Uh, had some good success there, was able to mentor, you know, young high school and college kids. Uh, but it just was, there, there wasn't really a, a sense of satisfaction or fulfillment in that. Uh, one day, I made great money, though. That's all I was focused on was money and opportunity. And, and there's so many people that I think start businesses because they're enamored with opportunity. They are enamored with the uh, the possibility of making a bunch of money. And so that's what I chased, opportunity, women, a good time, uh, money. And so I had a lot of that, but I was empty, right? I was missing something. Uh, I didn't know it then, but 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 the Lord was really putting things in place for me to, to really find my true purpose, my passion, and then my soulmate. And so the girl I was dating at the time, she moved down to uh, Florida, left me. So I followed her because that's what, you know, most mid-20s guys do. And I moved down to Central Florida and in a short period of time realized that that was not a good move. And uh, she and I broke up. I didn't know anybody in Central Florida at that time. And I'd met a few people. A buddy of mine, Michael Sheets, gave me an opportunity to work in the mortgage business. And uh, so took him up on that. One night, I went out with him to celebrate. And that's when I met Marianne, who has since become my wife. At the time, I wanted nothing to do with, you know, a relationship or any of that. Uh, however, she continued to pursue me. And, and I now know that that was what God had intended for my life. But um, so I convinced her, let's move back to North Carolina, which, you know, I grew up in South Carolina. So I wanted to move to the Carolinas. She thought I was crazy, but she she believed in me. And so we moved to the Carolinas. And shortly after moving there, Ron, um, you know, the mortgage crisis hit, right? 2007, eight, nine. So we moved there in, in June of 2008. My grandmother passed away in July. The mortgage company I was working for at that time went out of business. Here I am with a with a new girlfriend in a new area. She looks at me and says, now what? And so we didn't talk about it off air, but I saw something in your profile online. But so I did what anybody else does. I went and started a residential, commercial, and construction cleaning business. And so out of our apartment community, I literally made flyers. I went and knocked doors and I started this business. I grew that business to about a $350,000 company, but I absolutely hated cleaning toilets. I was paying myself 250 bucks a week 
Imagine that 250 bucks a week. I now get compensated 250 bucks for every like 20 minutes I talk to people. Right. But so I did that for a period of time because I was still lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. A childhood best friend came to me one day in 2010 and said, you know, man, I think we should start a construction company. Now, if you remember what was going on in 2010, people were retracting. The market was in shambles. It was the great recession. People were going out of business. And so he and I sat down at a brewery. I created a business plan on a post-it note. Three of us sitting at a table, Ron, and I looked at the two others and said, hey, man, here's our business plan. I need $1,500 from you. I need $1,500 from you. I'm going to put in $1,500 and we got a business. My one buddy looked at me and goes, yeah, you're full of shit. I'm like, cool, go get another round. I need $1,750 from you. I'm going to put in $1,750. Now we're at a $3,500 startup. <laughs> and so I came home and I told my wife who was pregnant with our first son and we were building a starter home. And I said, you know what, honey? I'm going to go start this construction company. And she replied, you've never mentioned anything to me about construction. What, what, what do you mean? I said, cool. Yeah. I know nothing about really construction, um, but I'm going to start a siding company, a roofing company, a window company, a door company, and we're going to do this and this and this and this. And she goes, you know, nothing about the industry. We're in a great recession and you're going to start a construction company. I said, yes, honey, let's, let's pray about it. And she looked at me and I'll never forget. And, and, and I said this to a group recently, she looked at me and she says, you know, I believe in you. It's the four most powerful words that anybody can hear, especially from someone that they love, they trust and respect. And so how that's related actually right now to your audience and people that may be leaders, maybe business owners, when's the last time you actually looked at one of your team members, one of your subcontractors and said, I believe in you. Because I find that too often, that's a very, very low probability of conversations that's happening right now. Hmm. And so she said that to me, and it really tra transformed or changed the trajectory, trajectory of my life. Because now I knew somebody was on my side. And so we started that company on nothing. We had no marketing budget. We had nothing. We had 3,500 bucks. We had some business cards and uh, you know a website. And we got off of, you know, the, the original version of Fiverr at the time. But we knocked on some doors. I had one lady give us a shot. I don't know why she gave us a shot. I now look back and it's because God knew that I needed that opportunity to then grow a business, which would allow me to live in integrity with the Lord's mission. And so Miss Farrell gave me an opportunity to reside her house. I told you off air, I still can't read a tape measure. I'm not a guy that's been on the tools and I'm not afraid to admit that. My role in our company was to lead people, grow people, connect with customers, uncover what was causing them pain, be empathetic. I love that. I can get, if I can get someone to tell me what's causing them pain, I can provide a solution to relieve the pain. 
And that's what I'm good at. And so that one job turned into, I think by the time we got out of that neighborhood, we had done north of about 60 projects. Mm -hmm. What I learned early on, Ron, in that business is that you've got to create a client experience and deliver an exceptional customer experience every single time. And when you do, you don't have to be reliant upon expensive marketing strategies, marketing agencies. And so that's what we did. We grew our business on spending less than 1% of top line revenue on true legion. And so we grew that company. We grew our teams, you know, from zero, literally zero to a multi seven figure business. And in 2021, I just realized that I was on a different path. I knew I was meant for something greater than a construction company. And so I continued to ask the Lord, you know, what is it that you want for my life? You know, at that time I was 43 years old, 43. So think about that. People listening to this 43 and I still didn't know what in the hell I wanted to do. I didn't know what my purpose was, but I continued to ask and pray, Lord, please reveal the plan you have for my life. And, you know, one of the things I do as part of my championship day, Ron, is, you know, I express gratitude into the universe. And one thing I say every single day is I'm grateful for the opportunities of which I do not know yet exist, but the ones that I know the Lord will place before me today to use my talents to make an impact. And so what do you know? Opportunity after opportunity started presenting itself to me. And I was living in full alignment with my core values and living in integrity. Every decision made in integrity and I had an opportunity to sell my company. And so uh, I sold my company to my original my original partner. Along the way, as we were going through that negotiation process, um, you know, I love helping people. I love it. I love seeing other people win. And so I started just helping people, other business owners. Hey, man, this is what I've done in my company. Here are the results I had. Now, to your audience and to everybody I ever coach, it's results may vary right? But here's what I did. I'm going to give you some tools, some, some, some tactics that you can possibly implement. And some folks started doing that. And I'm like, wow, somebody told me one day, Hey, I could, I could pay you to coach me. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. And I can actually, actually get compensated to do things that I love. And so I reached out to Mike Claudio, um, who we talked about off air here and I reached out to him. I, I really resonated with his message. I resonated with what I thought was his mission, but you know, Mike is a time as a guy that has not a lot of free time. And I kept banging him and, and DMing him and DMing him and all this stuff. And he never gave me the time of day. You know, my last name is Muck and Foose, and he jokes. He's like, man, I thought you were just one of another handful of internet trolls with a fake name and <laughs> all this stuff. But, you know, <laughs> since then, since July 5th of, of, of 2021, I, I, I recorded a video, Ron, and I sent it to Mike. And I said, hey, man, if you are true to your mission and you're going to grow your mission, you're going to eventually need to bring on some people to your team that share that mission, that can articulate the mission and vision and grow. All I'm asking for is a conversation. That one conversation, one conversation has absolutely transformed my life as well as, you know, countless others. And so I'm currently the director of coaching for Winrate Consulting. 
And uh, I also own a company building raving fans where we help contractors and businesses automate client gifting programs, follow-up programs to increase sales and ultimately drive referrals and enhance the client experience. So that's, that's the last 45 years of my life in about 15 minutes uh, as, as quickly as I could, I could share that with you. I love it. I mean, that that's a powerful story from complete self-destruction to building and exiting your own construction company. Uh, that That's very powerful. And now one of the things I'm excited about our, our conversation we're about ready to have is that you help guys at a high level get through the barriers of the day-to-day in the construction industry now. And you do that not with the the need for everything that you had said before. You do it with a heart of wanting to help and wanting to be there and that this is your passion. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the million dollar question. And that is, what does it take to be a construction champion and how can we do it in 2023? 100%, man. The single most important thing that we need to be hyper-focused on is client experience. And here's what I mean by that. This is a quote that I've been saying for years since I owned my own company, but it's not our customer's job to remember us. Mm. It's our job to make sure they can't forget us. And so we must analyze the client journey from the beginning all the all the way through execution every single touch point from before they even reach out to us what are we saying online what happens when they do reach out to us how do we stand out in a crowded marketplace because right now there's somebody that's willing to do any and everything to take a customer from you and if we're not hyper focused on the client experience as a whole a holistic approach, and we're going to lose out to someone who is. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with that because you you hear all the time, and I'm in all the I'm in these Facebook groups, and you hear guys saying like, "Oh, they're just coming in and they're underbidding me," and like, it's where does it end up stopping and creating that customer experience? In in my experience, is where you stop that because it no longer becomes about price. It becomes about what you're delivering. Uh, so I, I love that you're talking about that and that, that that's what makes a champion because it really does. We are in a, a very customer facing business. I, I've said it on here many times. I know we talked about it is that we, we live in a world where 3% of the bad eights control the entire narrative for our industry. And that's BS. And we need to stop that but we also have to understand, and I, I love your feedback on this, is these are still emotions that homeowners are having. Like they feel like communication sucks. They think we're crooks. Like these are emotions. We have to address them. What what are how do you work through that and start to address those emotions that homeowners are having? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ryan, here here's here's the reality. The industry has forced homeowners to have these emotions. 
right? You hear horror stories, stories about the guy who showed up at the kitchen table, looked great, talked great, was very slick, took a deposit, convinced a homeowner to give him 100% upfront. Now that guy's gone, right? So we understand that they have these emotions and they have these perceptions of us. And unfortunately, it's not unfounded. So what we would do is we trained our sales folks that when we got in the home, let's get it out on the table, right? Hey, Ron, you've probably heard those horror stories about the contractors that come in, have these conversations about how good they're going to do this and good they're going to do that. And they're going to deliver all this and they're going to ask you for a hefty deposit. They leave, then they never show up. You've probably heard that, right? Uh, just a couple of times. Yeah, you might even have somebody that you know that that's happened to. Guess what, Ron? That's not what we do at our company. In fact, we're just going to simply take a nominal deposit that tells us that you're serious about this so that then we can allocate resources necessary to set the project up for success, to deliver the exceptional customer experience that you deserve and that which we've become known for. Does that sound fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So we get those emotions out. Right. Um, and so it's 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 through that role playing, that constant training with our teams that they're able to sit in front of homeowners and clearly articulate why we're different. I love that getting it out right in the beginning, having those conversations. I, you know, I feel like there's no hard conversation when you have it beforehand. They only get hard when you're having them afterwards. And that's exactly what you're talking about is that this becomes easy because it really is about addressing those emotions and just understanding that they do have them. Whether we believe they should or not is irrelevant because they have it. And for us to just raise the ball and bust through that status quo, we have to address it and coming in and being open and upfront. I love that, that mentality behind that. Yeah. I'm also going to share with you as well, Ron, you know, if we implement things, if like, if we really, if we, you know, zoom out and we look at every single touch point in our customer journey, right. And we figure out a way, or let's say we implement you know, you schedule an appointment and scheduling that appointment automatically sends that prospect or that homeowner a personalized video from the owner, from the sales manager, or even the sales rep introducing themselves. They can put a name with a face, right? Oh, and by the way, prior to the appointment, maybe they get sent some information about making a successful construction investment. Maybe Here's some information as it relates to return on investment related to the project that you're going to talk about. You call in advance on the day of the appointment. If you put all of these things into practice, you now look nothing like anybody else. And so you've already started to gain the trust from the prospect before the sales rep has ever even stepped foot on the property. Right. So that's those emotions that we know they have. And let's maybe rightfully so. We've done things up front as part of our commitment to client experience to, to, to lower that anxiety, lower those emotional states. 
And so now we walk in with a level of trust. Then we get it out on the table. And now all of a sudden we're on the same, we're on the same team. Everybody's on the same page. And it's really a matter of, hey, what do we need to do to help you solve your problem? Yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, I like, I'm a big Brian Chesky fan from Airbnb, and he talks about that in the early stages. And I know this has, it's not construction related, but I, I used to utilize this with my production staff and talk about that customer experience and walk through that each touch point. What does this look like? And have an understanding of the ripple effect that happens throughout your customer experience at every point and zooming out and taking that thousand foot perspective on are we delivering a 10 or a nine or a seven or a five or, you know, is this a 13? What are we doing in mapping that out? So we understand what exactly is a 10? Like, what are we shooting for and having a roadmap to get there? So we understand that if we check these boxes, it's going to be a 10 or 11. If we don't, it's going to be a four or five, but understanding what it takes to get to a one, to a two, to a three, like those check boxes along that customer experience to me, it's an amazing exercise to do. And uh, he talks about doing that in an early stage at Airbnb, being the, the differentiator to build the company because he was focused on that customer experience and he knew exactly what he had to do to get to each rating level. Yes, no, you're you're exactly right. In fact, I I was part of a book collaboration. I wrote a chapter on this and it's really about client experience. That's all it's about. It's because in an industry where most people are spending 10, 15, 18 to 20% of top line on marketing, mm -hmm. I never did that. I'd go to conferences and people would be like, I mean, what's your marketing budget look like to have this size company? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, less than 1%. And they're thinking, what? We just created ways, created an experience that people loved. I just had a conversation with, with someone recently. We literally had people that would, that would call in or email in and say, hey, listen, I want this person to be my sales rep. I want this person to be my project manager. I know you're four months out. I know you're the most expensive. I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to pay for the experience. Mm. And that happened often. But the one thing I, I also want to, you know, caution the audience is if you talk about delivering this exceptional customer experience and you're consistently talking about it and promoting it, you damn well better deliver on it. Because just as effective as it, it can have at growing your online reputation and growing your referrals and increasing your closing rates and increasing your average ticket, it can also put you out of business if you talk, but don't do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as we start to wrap up here, any finer finer tidbits? I, I think you... You really, you brought a lot of knowledge and talked about that customer experience. And it's it's amazing because that, that really is what is the backbone of the residential construction industry. It's delivering on that customer experience. Yeah. The one thing I would just, I would just say is, is that one of the questions normally comes to me if I'm presenting to a group or at a conference or whatever, when I start to, 
I get super passionate about client experience because I love it, number one. And I know how it can impact a business, which can impact the owner's lives, the team's lives and things like that. But, you know, one of the first questions is, oh my gosh, Clifton, this sounds so great. Like, how do I get started? Right. Um, mm. And, you know, I take, I take clients through a, a customer journey exercise, but really it's, it's very simple. Start with before, before someone becomes a prospect, what's working? Identify, write it down. What's working right now? And then what's not working? And then during, the prospect says, yes, they want to do business with you. So the plan during the planning stages, during the color selections, during the product selections, during the waiting period, what's working and what's not working? And then finally, after, post-installation, what's working, what's not working? What can we do to ensure the five-star review, the raving fans? Are we providing them with a closeout gift? How often are we staying in touch with them? So before, during, after, what's working, what's not working? And the things that are working, that you've assessed as working, continue doing those. Look at ways to improve on those. And what's not working, is there somebody on our team that can impact that positively and, and take it from a not working to a working or do we actually need to look at possibly hiring and creating a role for someone? That's the best advice I can give your audience before, during, after. What's working, what's not working. And I then go take it. action. <laughs> well, and taking action is the main thing that you have to do. So Clifton, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, where do they find you? Yeah, so I'm on social media, Facebook at Clifton Muckenfoos. Uh, on Instagram at Boats and Bourbon, and uh, also on LinkedIn as well, buildingravingfans.com, and uh, of course, uh, winrateconsulting.com as well. Happy to have a conversation with anyone. We can certainly dive into client experience, their client experience. However, I can help and, and be of service. Uh, I'm happy to have that conversation. Awesome. Clifton, it has been an absolute blast to have you on the show today and get the opportunity to talk about customer experience with you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Thank you, sir. God bless. Go be great. All right, construction champions. You just heard it. Go evaluate your customer experience. I know that's something that can be overlooked or we overanalyze and then we don't really take the necessary action to make it great. Take some time. Like I say so much on here, go look in the mirror and don't be afraid of the results that you see because that is what our daily work has created up until this point. But the great thing is, is those results can always change. So take the feedback and understand that it's a positive to be going out and being better. That's what a construction champion is. And the customer experience is the main part of what we do every day. It's how we grow our businesses. And I'm very passionate about this as well. This has been an amazing episode. And until next time, go be the champion that you're meant to be today.